Sid, this is not about me today. Uh, this is about the great Bernie. Uh, and if it wasn't for him, I, I don't know if I ever would have made it in New York because when I was on WMCA, this is back, uh, you know, probably 88, uh, doing sports talk on the weekends and doing some sports casts during the week. I was on Saturday and Sunday, 5 until 8 p.m. Uh, believe it or not, Bernie got a hold of, I don't know how he did it, but he found out about me, got some tapes, and gave it and gave those tapes to Imus. And Imus was always looking for somebody kooky and nutty and all that. And the next <laughs> thing you know, I was over at uh, I was over at FAN in December of 1988, first show there, right around Christmas time. Uh, you know, whatever it may be, thirty something, thirty five years ago. So Bernie, for whatever the reason, uh, and at that point, Imus had just gotten to FAN. He got there in October of '88. Bernie, for whatever the reason, must have been bouncing around uh, New York, put on, you know, with the radio on, and somehow ended up at 5.70 a.m. and said, who is this guy? I never heard of him. And me screaming and yelling about the Big Ten or something. (laughs) And I said, hey, Don, you got to hear this guy, this new guy. I didn't have a nickname at the time. Raceman, Bob Raceman, had not, uh, you know, not come aboard yet, so to speak. So I don't think I had a nickname, but he said, did you hear this new guy I've heard on on WMCA? And Don obviously hadn't heard it at all. Well, no, who is he? And I, I don't know if he actually got tapes, recorded it, but got it for Don, and Don became a big fan. So it, 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 if it wasn't for – and then you throw in the old Mike and the Mad Dog thing. I'm even giving you stuff before Mike and the Mad Dog. But if it wasn't for Bernie way back when, at the end of the 88 year, when he had just gotten himself together with FAN, they were building that station because FAN was a year and a half in its infancy. If it wasn't for Bernie, I swear to God, I don't know if I could have gotten out of WMCA. And I needed to at that point. I had to find a landing spot. I was bouncing around from WIP in Philadelphia to Little FAN, too. So I was doing both. But if it wasn't for Bernie, again, I don't know where I would have ended up. So I owe a debt of gratitude to the great Bernie McGurk. Part of that legendary Mike and the Mad Dog combination to this day, far and away, the greatest sports talk show ever. Nothing comes close. Chris was one half and on the phone right now. The other half, just a tremendous, tremendous talent. The guy that Bernie loved, as I do, and looked up to. Here he is, folks, the great Mike Francesa. Good morning, Mike. How are you, pal? Good morning, uh, Sid. I'd like to be on under better terms, but... uh... Uh, it's funny. I listened to Dog tell that story. It's all true. Bernie uh, discovered Dog. He, he's the one who found him. He brought him to the program, and we both came through the IMAS program separately. I had already been on with IMAS. Matter of fact, the station, when they knew they were going to merge, sent me over to NBC and said, listen, we want you to go do sports for Don. We want you to kind of break the ice with Don. We want him to know you. We hadn't gone to afternoon drive yet. I was filling in a couple of times for Pete Franklin, who we knew was on the way out. I had never heard of Dog. I didn't hear of Dog until a couple of weeks later when I heard him doing a show. Uh, but the only reason that he got airtime at FAN was Imus because Bernie uh, said, you got to put this guy on. He put him on. Don loved him. Bernie was much closer to Dog than I was. Than, than, you know, Dog was much closer to Bernie than I was. But um, we both came through the program. The program was a big part of how Mike and the Bad Dog was created because we both uh, got a lot of attention on Don's show. And then they decided, hey, let's put these guys together, which is what Mark Mason came up with, uh, you know, in 1989, a couple of months later. Uh, we both used Don's show as kind of a, a launching pad. 
when he came over to the station. And what people, listeners, might not remember now because it's been a bunch of years, we anchored FAN, uh, Imus and the Morning Crew, and then the Mike and the Mad Dog team for almost 18 years where nothing changed. The midday show changed. Uh, There were a lot of different people part of that rotation, including you. Uh, And uh, we were together for all those years. So I saw the Imus and the Morning Team every day. I went in almost on a daily basis and met with Don to what we used to call deal with family business, whether it was we needed to talk about the station, we were, whatever. We would meet right around 12 o'clock. So I would pass by Bernie. A lot of times I'd be on the show in the morning. Dog would be on the show in the morning. Even when we were highly successful, we both went back and did Don whenever he called us. Don was number one. We were always number two. We were never number one. Don was always the king. Uh, we always, And we had no problem with that because that's what we knew. So we, we never minded being number two to him at the station. And, you know, we were enormously successful in our own right. The station was incredibly successful. We were the number one billing station. A uh, bunch of years, we were in the top five every year through that great run. So they were very much the Imus in the morning crew was family. I mean, we saw them on a daily basis. So I saw Bernie and saw everybody from the Imus crew on a daily basis for almost 20 years. So, yes, this is very much hitting close to home when uh, this happens. Wow. And I know that the Imus really did love you guys. I remember you guys were meeting his office back there with the yeah. the music and all that. He loved talking to you. He talked about that yeah, all the time. Imus and I were very close. Yeah. We really were. Yeah. Uh, we became very, very close. And I still have the jukebox. Uh, uh, when he left under those extreme circumstances and he cleaned out his office, I took the jukebox. Uh, no I kidding. said I want the jukebox. And his typical Don, he wouldn't give it to me for free. He made me make a donation <laughs> to the charity because Don was like the cheapest man in the world. You know that. Yeah, he, he was. He was generous in some ways but very cheap in other ways. And he made me write a check. But I still have the Imus jukebox programmed by Imus. Wow. 105 albums in my sunroom, and I've had it forever, and it will stay there forever. So I still have that link to the past and uh, always will. Wow, that is, I didn't know that. Uh, the great Mike Brancessa here on this uh, Friday morning. We lost Bernie nine days ago, and Bernie loved Mike. One of the things uh, that, that the Amish show did do when Mike, you showed a pretty good sense of humor here was you guys were number one. And again, I say this with complete conviction, we'll always be the greatest sports duo by far in the history of the industry. And you demanded a lot of respect at that station. But when Imus and Bernie went after you guys, Fatso, Fruit Loops, all these types of things, and they did it relatively often, you guys had a great sense of humor and played along with it. And Bernie was one of the guys that took a lot of glee, Mike, as you know, in doing that. Listen, Bernie was, first of all, he wasn't a sports guy, but he was very up on current events. And if that meant sports, he knew what was going on. If there was a hot topic, he knew what was going on. Bernie was very bright, and he had a cutting wit, as you know, and a great sense of humor. So he, you know, and he, you could tell, you can tell in this business when someone behind the scenes, and Bernie was considered behind the scenes, he was Don's producer. He didn't really do that he really was talent but he was called the producer but you could tell bernie wanted to perform he loved to perform when we would do charity events he would get up he'd be one of the guys who got up i would get up don would get up dog would get up bernie would get up rob bartlett so um he was always 
that way. He was always popular with the audience. We came from kind of the same background, okay? We were both poor. We both came from Catholic school backgrounds. We both went to Catholic education right through from Catholic grammar to high school to college. So I understood Bernie. I met a thousand Bernies. He met a thousand me's growing up. So we understood that. He's Irish. I'm Irish and Italian. So I understand. I always understood Bernie. I understood where he came from. I understood how he thought because that's the way I grew up. Okay. I grew up in Long Beach where he wound up living. Uh, he grew up obviously in the Bronx. So uh, that's just, but I understood the mentality. And he was a cutting and very funny guy, but he could be brutal. I mean, he really was. <laughs> but you know what? That was part of the deal. What we learned was you gave as good as you got. That was it. And it was all done through Don with a sense of this is how I promote people. The problem with Imus was if he didn't talk about you. The problem was never if he did talk about you. If he talked about you, you were in his good graces. And he was promoting you the way he chose to promote you, by beating the hell out of you. That's how he promoted you. And the deal was, you went on that show, and you know this because you did it successfully. You. you went on that show to make Don laugh. That was it. Don, it was an audience of one, but you knew if you hit the audience of one, you hit the whole audience. Because he was a good audience, and he tried to be a generous audience, and he laughed a lot, which was good. Because if you got a guy that doesn't laugh, it hurts. So bottom line is he was a great audience that way, but that's why you went there. You went there, and you had good days. You had bad days. You struck out. You hit a home run. The bottom line was you went there to make Don laugh, and that was it. And you could be as brutal as you got. You could give as good as you got, and that's the way we lived for almost two decades. And the amazing show of respect for Don was no matter how big Dog and I got, and we got really big, we always went back to the Imus in the morning show if he called us. That was it. He might not call us for a month. We might be busy. He might be busy. But if he called and said, I want you guys on or I want you on, you went on. Yeah. Because that's the way we did things. Yep. That's That was our pecking order. You know, that's the way it worked at, at our place. He was the king. I was the prince. That's the way it worked. And that and we were all very comfortable with that. And we had an incredible run that way. So, yes, the Imus family was very much part of our family. He said it perfectly, the king and the prince. I mean, even, and again, you guys were number one. There was not a bigger star in the city, including Imus, than you. And you would come on every Monday morning and do a Sopranos oh, yeah. recap. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was unbelievable, Mike. Don loved that stuff. I mean, he used to, you know, he used to, he got a kick out of us. He always did. He loved Dog, and he loved Dog's personality. And he and I liked to banter about a lot of stuff because, you know, we were all cutting and we all could be tough on each other. And you had to be. And Bernie was like an assassin. He, he, he better be prepared for him because you were dealing with Don, but you had to deal with you knew you were going to get rain from Bernie. It was coming. You were going to get shots from Bernie the whole time. And the thing that I'm, I'm happy for was Bernie always wanted to perform. You knew that. I knew that. And he got to have his constituency in later years after the whole Imus thing. And there's nothing that a radio performer wants but to have a constituency. He wants to have his audience, his flock. And Bernie had that. He found yep. that. Yep. And that's the greatest gift you can get as a radio performer is to get your audience and understand that your audience is there for you. They love you. They wait on every word. And Bernie had that. He had his audience. And there's a lot of people listening right now who 
are going to miss Bernie because he became a very big part of their life, first as the Cardinal and later on in other characters and then later on as himself through all these years that he developed this personality on the air. And that is something they're going to miss because that is something that became a big part of their day. You all have no idea how right you are, Mike. He has told, he told, I should say, a lot of people that the last couple of years, with his name at the very top, Bernie and Sid, us going to number one, were the most gratifying of all those amazing years he had, including I miss, that he really enjoyed these last couple of years where he became the big name on the marquee. On the way out here, Mike, last time you came on, we talked about Radio Today versus when we were all hanging out at WFAN and you guys had that station rocking and rolling. Now Don is gone. Now Bernie is gone. And radio is just not the same. It's just not. No. Right? I mean, it's, 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 is it even close, yeah, let Mike? Me, let me say one thing. Though. Let me say one thing. You have a very good situation because you have something that you should cherish. You have a very wealthy, successful man behind you guys who understands and cherishes and respects radio. That's rare these days. That's very rare to True. find. Yeah. And that's and you have that at that station there. And that is I can't tell you how rare that is now because radio is not doing well as an industry. It's kind of gotten caught in between. It's gotten caught in between social media and streaming and where TV's headed and radio is in a little tough spot right now. And the podcast is squeezing it another way. But you should be very thankful. You have a guy there who has got resources and likes radio. And that's rare to find. It really is. That's 100% true. And by the way, talking about podcasts, you do a podcast, a very popular one, uh, every week, couple days a week. Where can people find the Mike Brancessa podcast? Well, you know, these gambling companies came into New York and they want to make a name for themselves. So I went with a company called Bet Rivers. It's on the Bet Rivers Network. You can find it in all the other places where you might get your podcast. But exclusively, it's for the Bet Rivers Network. That's who I do the podcast for. I do a couple every week. Like I, and I do one after all the big New York events, like after the Yankee game tonight, I'll do one. I did one after the Mets' complete collapse, and it was a complete <laughs> collapse. Um, and, and, and a painful collapse for uh, Mets fans. But uh, uh, I do it on the Bet Rivers Network and uh, just keep my hand in and it's gone very, very well, and uh, I'm very happy doing it. It's fun to go out there and get a chance to vent and talk and do the things that uh, that I always do. Uh, Mike, listen, Bernie loved you. I love you, too. Uh, you were a teammate of ours and uh, one of the all-time, if not the greatest of all time. So thank you for spending some time with me this morning. I'm sure Bernie is looking down appreciates it as well. You're a good man, Mike Brancessa. Hit him well, straight. Listen. Enjoy your day. Thank you, Sid. And again, uh, to his family uh, and his loved ones, condolences and prayers, and may he rest in peace. Thank you, Sid. Bye. God bless you, Mike. There he is, the great Mike Francesa, with a, a really, really nice phone call. And Bernie really did love Mike. And they did have a lot in common. Mike was right about that a lot.